I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish. And this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. It's Dean Jackson and the Joe Polish, the real back. one. Back. back from sabbatical. As opposed yes, to I, the Joe Polish? It's, yeah, it's <laughs> the Joe Polish. Well, yeah, it's, you know, the last episode I wasn't on. We had a, we had a guest, uh, Tim Paulson, who actually mm. is my co-author on my Nightingale Kona program, who we do the Platinum 2.0 group um, with and. So I figured it would be smart for me to kind of back out on the last episode and just have a uh, have uh, Dean actually do a uh, a podcast uh, with uh, Tim. And now here we are with yeah. uh, two very special, very smart guests, Mr. Perry Marshall and Tom Malouche. And uh, and and I think I said Malouche wrong. I think it's like Malosh, like Malosh with an L. Yeah, so I'm just going to say your name wrong, Tom, all the time because it's, I just don't like the way it's spelled. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, by the way. And you guys can get all of Perry's and Tom's books on Amazon, and uh, we'll talk about some of the stuff they, they do because they're, they're awesome. But Perry Marshall and Tom uh, Malosh, and it's M-E-L-O-C-H-E. So first off, uh, welcome to an I Love Marketing episode. It's great to have you guys here with us, and you're both super sharp, and we're going to talk about things that – I know our listeners are going to learn a lot about, and uh, and it's going to be fun. So at least I hope it will be. I'm just kind of trying to set the stage here. When so, is it ever not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, so let's start with, you know, P- Perry and Tom, you know, who are you guys? I mean, instead of me, uh, you know, trying to describe your bios and all that sort of stuff, why don't we just have you guys explain who are you, what do you do, what makes you so important? Well, <laughs> most people know me <laughs> as the Google AdWords guy. Um, Google AdWords actually launched 10 years ago, almost exactly. And very shortly after it came out, I started playing with it. Um, and it took me about two hours to go, holy crap, this is like the greatest invention great. in the history of the world. And I'm not telling anybody about this. I'm just going <laughs> to keep this to myself. Um, but a year later, I got invited to speak at a seminar, and now I'm the author of the best-selling book in the history of the world on the subject of Google AdWords, which is called The Ultimate Guide to Google AdWords. It's on Amazon. Um, and and so I've been doing seminars and training programs and books and everything on pay-per-click marketing for a very long time. And within the last couple of years, Facebook has now um, become a, a huge force in the world. And Facebook also has a pay-per-click marketing and advertising program. Um, and so, of course, it would be kind of logical for us to go um, teach people how to do that too. Um, but Facebook is a very, very different animal than Google. I mean, it is, it is, it's like a different planets like the women are from Venus, men are from Mars kind of thing. It's, <laughs> it's that kind of different. Um, and so Tom, um, Tom has been a customer and a student of mine for a very long time, probably all the way since the beginning, because I've been, I've been out doing, doing what I do for about 10 years. And uh, Tom's been with me almost from the beginning. And Tom built an entire software company on the back of almost exclusively Facebook ads. Um, and in his particular situation, Facebook was way easier to make work than Google ads. And one thing led to another, and we ended up writing a book together um, on Facebook marketing. And so Tom is a true Facebook advertising genius. And by the way, as, you know, when, when, we, when we talk about Facebook, we're not really talking about what most people talk about social media and tweeting and liking and, and all this kind of stuff. We're talking about direct response advertising um, that you can measure, that you can take to the bank. We're not really very interested in 
um, you know, the, the, uh, the social aspect. We're interested in generating sales and actually marketing stuff. So, so Tom, he, he's a genius. He's built and sold five software companies. And, uh, and, and now we're, this, we've actually turned this into a software company too. So that's kind of who we are, Joe. Awesome, awesome. Well, first off, that's great, and I, I want to make a comment before we kind of get into it about something you just said. Uh, last Thursday, there was an I Love Marketing meetup group at my office, and I don't attend all of the ones, but whenever I'm obviously in, in town and can make them at my own office, I actually attend the I Love Marketing meetup groups. And I have uh, uh, Kevin Donahue, who runs uh, the meetup groups uh, in Tempe. Uh, actually, we have a friend named uh, Anthony Mink who is listening silently on the line as we actually do this call. And he actually <laughs> uh, spoke, spoke during the uh, meetup group um, about how to run Facebook ads. And one thing I actually mentioned is interesting because there's probably about 25 people at this particular one. And I said, you know, how many of you are running, you know, Facebook ads currently? And there was just maybe three or four people and the rest of them, you know, didn't. And I said, well, here's the big difference. I mean, if you were to spend 30 minutes doing what Anthony just showed you how to do versus how many of you spend 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, three hours on Facebook every day, you know, we got a whole bunch of hands, you know, almost everyone from the 30 minute mark all the way up to several people that spend over three hours a day on Facebook. I said, if you were to use that time actually learning how to do this stuff, how to actually go out and make money, what do you think would do more for you? You know, I mean, you might have less friends and you might have less social interactions. You might be watching less videos and looking at less photos and talking about, you know, whatever. But from a financial standpoint, if your motivation as a business owner is actually to make money, this is the side of Facebook that hardly anyone actually pays attention to compared to the vast numbers of people that are on it. So what you just said, this is about direct response. This is about you know, not tweeting and stuff, very important distinction because I see a lot of people that spend a lot of time very busy and very active on the other side where they're getting used by the Internet. They're not using it to actually make money. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying if you're an entrepreneur and a business owner and certainly a listener of I Love Marketing, most people want to figure out how to sell products, deliver stuff that they want to deliver, get paid for what it is they do, that sort of thing. And that's why we're doing an interview with you guys. So this is awesome. If uh, people Dean, want to be used and abused by the internet, we have no objection. But we're going to. Be <laughs> <money>. <laughs> well, there's no shortage of things to do for sure. You know. Right. There's exactly. No and, and let me say also to our listeners out there, you know, whenever me and Dean are just doing uh, the, the the episodes for I Love Marketing by ourselves, we're able to record into really, you know, into mics and have it edited and everything. So, however, to get really sharp talent on the line, you know, we can't get everyone in different parts of the country into a studio easily and then deliver this very high-priced paid podcast that everyone pays for, which is free, to everyone. So occasionally we'll we'll have to substitute great quality recording for brilliant, you know, uh, useful, valuable knowledge. And so uh, whenever we have to do these over the phone, we'll do the best we can to get you that, but but we're only limited to the quality of the uh, the recording here. So you know, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that because everyone's loving the quality of the recordings on the episodes that me and <clears throat> Dean have been have been doing. So there you go. All right, uh, Dean, I'm going to start with some questions. Unless there's anything you want to say, because you know me, I'm just going to barrel through. No, I'm I'm really excited. I know that Perry's going to talk about some of the differences between the pay-per-click on Google and the pay-per-click on, on Facebook because it really is fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear some of uh, their insights. Okay, so t- Tom and Perry, uh, can you give us, uh, the listeners, a very brief history on Google AdWords and pay-per-click, just what that even means? So, so back in probably 1999, this little tiny company called GoTo said, well, we're going we're gonna to sell um, – links on a search engine under an auction. And we're going to sell the highest link for the most money and the second highest link for the number two money and so on. And as perverse as that seemed at the time, it's now become like a probably a $60 billion industry, and it's how mm. most of the Internet gets paid for. And um, GoTo didn't do a particularly great job at that, but they did a good enough job, and it turned into a, like a billion-dollar business or so, which – has eventually become Bing and Yahoo uh, 
to make a long story short, but Google showed up and they did it right. And they really did it right the first time. Um, their, their system was awesome from the, from day one. Um, and it's only become more awesome. And so on Google, you, 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 you search for red wagons and you're going to see ads across the top in a kind of a striped area and ads running down the side. That's Google AdWords. And, and people bid on Red Wagon, and when you click on Red Wagon, the advertiser gets billed by Google, and, um, and then there's also the content network or the display network, which is you're on the New York Times website or you're on a blog or you're on a, an astronomy website or whatever, and you see little Google ads, and that's called Google AdSense, and that's an opportunity for you to advertise to people who aren't searching for something right now, but they're in a particular context. They're, re they're reading an article about telescopes and you sell telescopes, so your ad could show up there. Um, and so, it, so that that's pay-per-click, and, and um, Google has built a $30 billion business out of that. And I would imagine most people that are reasonably familiar with marketing know a thing or two about Google AdWords. Um, and AdWords is like the world's most advanced direct marketing machine. It's got every bell and whistle that you could imagine, and uh, you know, and some advertisers are spending, you know, ten thousand dollars a day buying clicks, and and it works, and it's profitable, and it brings buyers, um, and it's also a game for you know, if you want to be a professional AdWords advertiser, then then you can you know you can buy a book, and you can get trained, and you can do it. Um, well, then there's Facebook advertising, and that's really, uh, it works basically the same way, but it shows in people's Facebook feeds, and it doesn't show up because people were searching for something. It shows up much more likely because of something they put in their profile or something Facebook knows about them based on what they like and what they're interested in, and again, it's a bidding system, and you know, highest bidders uh, prevail, but also pay-per-click marketing is also a copywriter's playground because uh, the person who writes the best copy or puts the most appealing images and ads in front of people to get the most clicks get more clicks for less money. Mm -hmm. um, so, th I mean, that's just like a really brief explanation. Well, that's awesome. Um, so, Dean, um, I, I have a million questions, but I want to give you an opportunity. Well, to talk it's so funny. I, I mean, wanna, you know, it's, it's to hard think. to believe, though, that that you know, GoTo was started. You know, that's probably twelve or thirteen years ago now. And the, yeah, they basically created that category. I remember being able to buy. We started StopYourDivorce.com on the back of of GoTo being able uh, to allow us to bid on specific words and i remember getting literally getting traffic for a penny you know yeah. it was yeah those were the good old days you know yeah <laughs> and now a divorce well, click is probably three bucks yeah exactly and you have to be more um you have to be more uh stealth in in selecting the right words the ones that are going to convert yeah yeah, there's a huge you know, you know what's there. interesting about that term, the good old days? I mean, I think when you're a direct <laughs> response marketer and you, you, you understand the psychology of using words to compel people to do things, and then you Absolutely. look at all the new different delivery systems that are popping up all the time, uh, I think there's always the good old days that are happening if you actually... It's never can, been better. Let's, let's set that straight right now. There's, this is... It's never been better for direct marketers than right now, and getting better every day. And right now is the good old days of Facebook. Yeah. Okay, so I've been through all the cycles. I went through the good old days of Google. The good old days are always when you can get 160 acres of land for free. Yeah. And there's always cowboys and Indians, and there's always chaos, and there's things crashing and disasters going, and then slowly becomes more civilized and gets more expensive Right now, Facebook advertising is fairly uncivilized. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you're the kind of person that likes the bleeding edge in the Wild West, Facebook is the place to be. Google is not the place to be if that's the person you are. But you know, Google is a much more proven, 
much more you know reliable thing. But Facebook, there's huge opportunities on Facebook for people that are willing to do some of that pioneer work. Mm-hmm. Okay, well let's. I mean, you've been talking about it, so let's go a little deeper with how Facebook, how does Facebook fit into the existing pay-per-click and online advertising puzzle? Okay, so so Google is about scratching the itch you have right now. Okay, it's you know it's it's the page you're on, it's the thing you just searched for. It's usually like scratch, you know, I have an itch, somebody please scratch it. And that's what Google is all about. Fa- that's not really what Facebook is about. Facebook is about your identity and the tribes that you belong to. Okay, that is a very different thing. So Google is the yellow pages, Facebook is a coffee shop. Can you sell things in the yellow pages? Of course you can. Can you sell things in the coffee shop? Of course you can. What kinds of things do they sell in a coffee shop? Do they sell brake pads in a coffee shop? No. <laughs> they sell paintings and, and drinks and food and experiences and... and uh, and singer-songwriter night, and political stuff, and like one of my coffee shop nearby has a Tuesday women's stitching bitch. Um, <laughs> you, you know, they do stuff like that, okay? It's a very different environment. And so that means that there are some businesses that are very Facebook-compatible, some that aren't. There's some businesses that are Google-compatible, and there and that aren't, and so you really need to understand how your whole business fits into, you know, is, is is do I have a really super Facebook compatible business or a kind of Facebook compatible business or a not Facebook compatible business? This this oh. by the way is really significant, and it's one of the reasons why right now is the golden age for Facebook advertising. Is people who are really good at pay-per-click advertising on Google or other search networks, when they come to Facebook, basically 99, maybe 97 out of 100 times, they just fail miserably because the interface looks the same, and and they used to even call what you were targeting keywords. They've now changed it. But even though they've changed the name, people treat it as if it's a keyword, and they don't make the connection that fundamentally the, the advertising engine in Facebook is behaving differently than it is in search and that it's reaching people in a profoundly different way. And if you treat it like your search advertising, maybe one out of 100 people will get lucky and it'll work. But for everyone else, they'll try it. They'll say, yeah, I tried it. They'll say either one of two things. I tried it and it worked for like a week or two and then it stopped working and so I gave up. Or I tried it and it didn't work at all. And, and clearly, there's billions of dollars worth of advertising being done on Facebook. Some people have figured it out, have figured out what does it mean to sell in the coffee shop, have figured out what does it mean to reach people based upon their passions and their groups, not based upon what they just happen to type into search right now. It's it's nice, by the way, advertising to people based upon what they just typed into search. You, It's what they're actually looking for. Right. It's not really how advertising works in Facebook. And if you try to make it work that way, you're almost guaranteed to fail and, and miss the real opportunity. It's funny that Perry used the you know red wagon example because whenever I'm describing it to people, that's exactly what I use. I say, imagine you had you know a retail store and you had the opportunity that as somebody drives in to the parking lot, a little tag comes up that says what they're looking for and you could quickly you know if it said red wagons you could quickly reorient the store so that the first thing they see when they walk in is red wagons and you know they're having a sale on red wagons today and yeah with uh with facebook you're right it's not it's not the same it's not that you're um solving something that they're actually overtly looking for well, and we were teaching the class uh, on Facebook advertising, and Perry Perry said something that I just have to quote because it really captures it. When people go to Google, they're actually going to Google to think potentially and to make a decision because they're searching on Red Wagon. When people go to Facebook, they're not going to Facebook to think. They're going to Facebook to avoid thinking. <laughs> 
They're going to That's Facebook true. to avoid making a decision. That is what has happened to the entire world. You just said that. <laughs> <laughs> that is what the internet has done to, to many. So yeah, you're that, that's selling actually great. that, that is a great line. Yeah, yeah. And, and that means this, the sales funnel you build on Facebook has to be designed with the fact that they started by trying to avoid making decisions. <laughs> right. right. And if you don't do that, you'll never sell them anything. And it's okay. also why, by the way, every successful Facebook advertising campaign that we have ever tracked that is profitable for an extended period of time has an autoresponder, without exception. Let's say that again. Every single successful, positive ROI Facebook advertising campaign that we have ever tracked has an autoresponder. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, so really. The, so the idea is not about um, getting them to come to a page and buy something right now. It's about getting them to come to a page, opt in, so that you can get them to buy something later. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. Yeah. Well, the last makes... thing he said, Dean, before uh, before you you started talking was no exception. That's what I heard, Perry. Almost. Yeah. I heard half of the word exception, and then Dean started talking. He's kind of like me, just interrupts all the time. But yeah. um, basically, so no exception, Perry. This That's always the case with successful Tom, do you know of any okay. exceptions? Wow. No, none of our – so you can, write a good, you can write a good landing page inside of Facebook where you can immediately monetize your return on investment uh, in terms of your ad costs. But everyone who's actually doing really well, yeah, is building a relationship. And they're building a relationship by capturing their name, capturing their email address, and continuing to follow up. Because, frankly, people aren't in Facebook to buy. You can sell. You can close a deal at the end. But the people who are doing well, uh, literally, I can't think of an exception. Of mm. All the people we know who are doing well all bring people in and continue to follow them up with an autoresponder. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so let's – so to be – clear what can you not do with google that you can do on facebook in uh what is google really about versus what is facebook really about you really said it but i just want to make sure we totally cover that well so joe let's say that we want chiropractors if you want or or, sorry um carpet cleaners because you're a carpet cleaning guy right let's say that i want to advertise to people who own carpet cleaning companies um their Facebook profile very well may say that they own a carpet cleaning company. It may not, but good chance it does. But you cannot go to Google and say, okay, I want, I want these ads to show to people who are carpet cleaners. They, if they typed in carpet cleaner marketing or carpet cleaner business ideas or something like that, the, you could get those people who went looking for it, which would only be a tiny percentage, or maybe you could cause ads to show on the display network on the sites the carpet cleaners go to, but Google doesn't slice the world that way. Well, similarly, on Facebook, you could not only target carpet cleaners, you could say, I want to target fans of Van Morrison or the Rolling Stones, or people who liked Coal Miter's Daughter uh, with Sissy Spacek or who are fans of Star Wars and all or who sudden, are all of those things, right? <laughs> or all of those things. And, and so, um, so it's like, well, if you're, if you get to advertise in a coffee shop and you advertise Rolling Stones to Rolling Stones fans and ACDC to ACDC fans, um, or you know what books people like or what movies they're into, it actually tells you a lot about them and it gives you these clues about how to sell to them. And that's where you really start to be able to make Facebook work. Yeah, because, I mean, you take Dean as an example. He's like, his interests are so varied, but he's into Spider Monkeys, Justin Bieber, and Led Zeppelin. And it's like, I mean, <laughs> and that, that's a criteria that can be targeted. On Not many marketers really get that about me. I mean, if they would approach me that way... Yeah. 
Um, well, no, so that makes total sense. Um, okay, so, well, then I guess, what kinds of businesses uh, can you target on, uh, to, can you target with Facebook? I mean, are there any that it's really hard to, or talk about that? Well, so, so since Google, Google is, you know, people are doing fact-finding and stuff like that, people go to Facebook to emote, Businesses that are about tribes and experiences and events and passions and belief systems are very um, Facebook compatible and businesses that are academic or factual or, or, or corporate um, are not very Facebook compatible. So we felt this was so important, we actually made we made a website where people could get a score from 1 to 10 for free. They don't have to opt in if they don't want to or anything. You can just go to isfbforme.com, <laughs> and, and you answer 10 questions. Me. It takes you about 60 seconds. You don't even have to think very hard about them. And it will give you a score from 0 to 10 of how Facebook compatible your business is. So, like, the company that I worked for before I left the Dilbert Cube, they sold this industrial software. They, they got, like, a three and a half. Um, that that means it, don't really try. Do not try Facebook if you're scoring three and a half. Yeah, like, forget it. You, you know, if you're five or above, you take it seriously. If you're seven or eight, you definitely take it seriously. On the other hand, like, a yoga studio would probably be an eight. A restaurant be a seven or an eight. Um, a band or a movie probably be an eight or a nine. Politics um, would be eight, nine, yeah. ten. Tom, why don't you tell them about the election that we helped swing with See, a Facebook campaign? It was a, it was a, one of our Planet Perry members uh, was was working an election and. They were helping uh, Sam Quaker run for for mayor in what I believe is uh, South Dakota, uh -huh. Rapid City, South Dakota, and uh, it it was really interesting because there's almost all the politicians right now are on Facebook, so everyone's on Facebook and they're running an ad, right? So if you were if you were not really thinking about Facebook correctly, you might in Rapid City run an ad to all of Rapid City saying, "Hi, you know, I'm running." for mayor. Well, Sam was trying to unseat the mayor. He's trying to unseat the incumbent, which is always hard. The incumbent was well-liked and well-funded. And Sam, uh, fortunately for him, hired somebody tra who trained under Perry Marshall uh, and knew how to leverage Facebook. And instead of doing broad category ads, they did what we call hyper-targeting. And the way they described it, and it's so beautiful, it's like they owned the conversation. The enemy was being hit by 30 arrows coming from 30 different directions, and they never saw any of them coming. They didn't see them coming because, frankly, the people on the campaign probably weren't targets of the ads. So they had ads written in Native American languages to the Native American uh, community. Maybe the first ad ever seen by the Native American community written in their language. In fact, they were surprised that uh, they were surprised that Facebook accepted uh, an ad they oh, could yeah. read. And but it in speaking it was in Lakota and it said I hear you. That was the thrust of the ad. The ad click through rate was over 50%. Wow. I don't know if you know what a click through rate on Facebook yeah. is like. You're often happy to get uh, you're measuring in the tenths or hundredths of a percent. <laughs> They had an ad targeted at firemen dealing specifically with fire issues, at labor dealing with labor issues, at parents dealing with issues. They hyper-targeted. You know, if a parent of a, of a child of a certain age, you can target an ad to them talking about school issues. They targeted ads at people exactly 18 years old, saying, you just turned 18 this year. This is the first year you can vote. Let they targeted churches that had 200 members in their congregation. <laughs> wow. And each time when somebody clicked, they went to a custom landing page with a custom message dealing with their interest, their tribe, their group, their passion. And the incumbent didn't even really know this was going on. 
because frankly you can't see any of it. It's unlike any other type of, of, of advertising. If you've targeted 500 people and your campaign staff isn't in that group, they don't even see that that ad went out. They don't even see the landing page. They don't see that you're defining the conversation in the way they couldn't think of. Yeah. Now, well, that's mayor a, that's of this an town is. Yeah, may, I was going to say that's an town. interesting distinction too, because you can't. You know, all your competitors are. You know, if you're doing something like that in in AdWords, anybody can go and search on their keywords and see everybody who's trying to um, market to those people. It's really brilliant what you're describing. Yeah, and by the way, this applies to lots of other business. It's kind of easier to see in politics because we sort of understand the affinity in the groups. Yeah. But Perry is in marketing, right? Perry is Perry, you know, is in a business that helps small business deals with marketing and advertising. We advertise on Facebook to groups that you would never imagine we would advertise to. And frankly, if you're a competitor of Perry's and you're trying to figure out what he's doing, you might have a hard time reverse engineering it because you simply can't see that he's targeting people who are interested in knitting. And you might say, why on earth would you target people who are interested in knitting? Well, there's one reason, because you've somehow determined that people who who are interested in knitting click on your ads (laughs) and convert at a ratio that gives you a positive return. Yeah, and we figured that out. Um, we, we've, we, we, we reverse engineered from what our fans are into. We Like knitting was actually, there was this disproportionate number of people who do knitting in our audience. Now, who would ever guess that? Well, you would only, you'd never figure that out in a million years any other way. But Facebook, um, we, we created some software and, and we started analyzing it and and Facebook made it easy. But, I mean, no, this this is great. You know, it's interesting too. I had a, I went to a hot yoga on a, not not a Bikram, but a different sort of hot yoga on uh, on Sunday morning. And I have a friend uh, named Marco down here in Arizona that owns a uh, hot yoga, a yoga studio. And we like went and got together afterwards and just you know sat and you know went to a coffee shop and. Uh, you know, I was sitting there. T- he he's been to he came to our I Love Marketing event, and he uses a lot of my marketing strategies. He's got a consumer awareness guide for uh, you know yoga, and uh, you know it's hot yoga, pure vita. The uh, you know Costa Rica term is the best I can remember from, but anyway, dot com is his site, and he's not doing any Facebook. And I was like going over all the different. I mean, he's got a lot of really cool elements, free reports, and all kinds of things, but he's never actually put it into a, uh, in, in, he's not done any advertising on Facebook. And I said, you know, honestly, I go, I think you would just absolutely kill it if you um, started advertising on Facebook. And so, like you've mentioned, certain types of businesses that just do really well. I mean, are there any anything deeper you'd like to talk about there that what kind of businesses just hit it out of the park on Facebook? Well, there, there are some that are just so easy. That if you're in this industry, you know you you should be on Facebook. Anything that's entertainment related. So if if you're doing if you're uh, promoting a movie, you're promoting music, you're promoting a band, you're promoting a, a boy. Talk about hitting it out of the park. You're a local venue for bands or uh, any sort of entertainment where people self-identify as liking that type of entertainment. If you're a theater. Or a local band venue, and you don't, and you're not on Facebook. You know, you're the one percent. You would have success on Facebook not knowing what you're doing at all. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. That's and that's, and you know, independent films, and um, you know, maybe to a lesser uh, extent, fiction and authors. Um, I, and I don't mean, I don't mean like people that write. The Wall Street Journal. I mean, you know, entertainment. Um, any anything, anything that speaks to your identity. I'm a member of Daughters of the American Revolution, or, or I'm a Lutheran, or I'm a Libertarian. Uh, you know, I'm a blank. Okay, where people describe it that way, then that's a good match for Facebook. Also, events. And event-driven things, 
Um, if you don't have an event-driven business, you can make it more event-driven, and it becomes more Facebook compatible. And Facebook is good for, I like to describe it this way, for any local business that has a doorknob. <laughs> if you're a local business and people turn the doorknob to enter your business, there is probably a very real Facebook play for you. And this is the thing, you know, maybe the thing that caught me by surprise for this type of business. There's a real play for you that's that's literally revolutionary on Facebook, and the cost is probably a dollar a day. Yeah, this is big. Well, you know, I don't know if our listeners have that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tell them, Tom, tell them what you're so, trying to so, describe. So yeah, we'll go into so we'll go how this actually works. Because uh, when I was when I was doing a lot of the research for the book, I launched my software company. It, it, it didn't have a doorknob, right? It was a software company. We were selling. I scored 8.6 on his Facebook. For me, I was selling homeschooling software, so software for people who are homeschooling their kids. I could easily target them and find them, and then using Facebook research trips, I could find a lot more. And we'll talk about. But I didn't have a doorknob. As I'm studying the Facebook engine and really getting into the depths and doing all sorts of experiments, uh, I suddenly realized that the biggest opportunity in Facebook to just sort of revolutionize local business is I have a doorknob and somebody comes into my place of business. Now, I can be anything. I could be a coffee shop. I could be a, a dentist. I could, be, I could sell uh, knitting supplies. Whatever it is, when the person is there, physically in my place, have a little computer set up and ask them to like your business. Are you a restaurant? Are you a store? Are you a shop? Whatever you are, ask them to like them and give them something while they're give them free cupcakes. I don't you know, bring in. You want a cookie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you want a cookie? Press this button. Yeah. Press this button. Like me on Facebook. Now, over the course of a year, over the course of two years. We have a local we have a local deli in town, so it's just sort of they're world famous for for great local food, which is sort of ironic. Uh, they're called Zingerman's Delicatessen. They've managed to collect up just by people coming in the door and people who know them liking them thirty five thousand people locally who like their deli. Well, now I can do something really powerful on Facebook. It's just sort of a revolutionary new type of advertising. I can advertise just to those people who liked my business. I can get a reminder in front of everybody who's come in my store who's liked my business personally. By the way, it still applies to online businesses. I can get a reminder of them of my specials, of something that I'm doing this week, and I'm paying right now per impression, well, not per impression, per thousand impressions, 15 cents. Yeah, wow. So literally, if I'm a little shop and I've gotten 2,000 people to like me, I'm spending maybe 30 to 50, 60 cents a day getting my brand in front of the local people who already know me and like me and reminding them of a special and reminding them I have a special offer. And that's one of the most powerful new forms of advertising that's sort of emerging in Facebook. That's a game changer for... Really, for any business, I mean, we in Perry, we have a we have a running daily budget of two dollars a day where we run ads to everybody who's already liked Perry. They're not going to be on a, Facebook. We have, a, we have a daily budget <laughs> of two dollars a day. <laughs> That's great, right? Sorry, Tom, not I didn't like, mean to cut you off. You still want email, right? You still want autoresponders. You're still doing all of that, but understand the difference between. No matter how good your autoresponder is, no matter how good your email is, on any given day it might be an irritant to somebody. That's why they unsubscribe. But here's this gentle little ad. You're the local pizza store. You know people have bought your pizza. You gave them some free slice of pizza to like your page one day or whatever you did. Uh, maybe they just liked it out of their own personal passion. And there's just a reminder every day from the 2,000 people most likely to buy your pizza today that you're in business and you offer, and just to remind them of your name, yep. and you spend one to two dollars to do it. Well, I, I want to jump in on this because there, this seems perverse. Because you go, well, 
Yeah, but I can post a status update for free. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, th there's two problems with that. First of all, a lot of people really don't want to hear that you have pepperoni pizzas, two for $10 right now, in the middle of all the other escapism that they're doing on Facebook right now. They might think it's a little annoying in your news feed. And um, if, if they don't always interact with you, your stuff will disappear from their news feed because Facebook does not show you everything all your friends are doing. It only shows you what the friends that you interact with a lot are doing. And so you, you normally status messages only get seen by like a fourth of the people anyway. But if you advertise, there's zero irritation factor. Nobody's going to get irritated that you're advertising pepperoni pizzas on the corner of Facebook. And it's there when they're looking at the grandma pictures. It's there when it's there as often as you want it to be there. And it's really cheap, like mm -hmm. really cheap. I love it. I love it. This is great. Um, so how, you know, the obvious question, how does someone know if Facebook is for them? I mean, is the best way, of course, to go to your guys' website and plug that in? Just go to fb4me.com and plug in your answers. You'll get an answer in six, 60 seconds. You'll know, and it'll give you a score. And I, if, if you got more than a five, then you should pay attention to Facebook. And if you got a seven or better, you should pay a lot of attention to Facebook. If you got like a, a nine or a ten, then Facebook might be your number one marketing medium. Do you see how sneaky they are, Dean, about just stealing all of our I Love Marketing listeners and just driving them over to their site like that? I see what they're up to. You see <laughs> Do you see these they're clever marketers? The way, that they actually, the, way, the way that they actually entice people and... Uh, you know, which offering actually value, goes, offering valuable information. I mean, it's it's almost criminal, really. <laughs> By the way, okay. surveys were great on Facebook. So, advertising surveys, on Facebook okay. to to a question or, or to something like this, people are very naturally inclined to fill out a, a quick survey or answer some questions on coming from Facebook because they're used to interacting. They like to interact. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, so, okay, so. You know, since you guys are direct response guys, which is what we are and which is what we uh, always constantly talk about at I Love Marketing because direct response is the most superior, best, intelligent, smart way to uh, market, promote, and advertise your products or services online, offline, or even in swimming pools. Um, as it relates to, I don't even know what that means, but I just said it because I'm staring out <laughs> my, my uh, this is, I'm staring out the window of my backyard and I'm looking at my swimming pool and it just, that's what, that's the sort of shit that pops in my head when I just talk because I'm crazy. But Can right, I buy so, a sponsorship? Perhaps. Yes, we actually, yes, for sure. I should start selling, yeah, ducks or something that's floating there. Um, oh, the Perry Marshall one. Um, how is copywriting uh, different on Google versus Facebook when the way that you write, the way that you promote, the way that you convey words, images, etc. Okay, this is a very big deal. So Google is about the conversation going on inside your customer's head. You know, the old Robert Collier saying? Yep. Okay, Facebook is about the conversation going on in your customer's heart. Hmm. Okay, and, and I'm dead serious about that. I'm, I'm not being cheeky or anything. Head and heart are like two different zones. What the hell does cheeky mean? You know, Richard Branson's always saying cheeky. I mean, when I'm, when British, I'm with him... That's why he says it. It's a British thing. Cheeky. Yeah, I know it is, but I sort of have an idea of what it is, but I wanted just because you said it. What, what's, Perry, what, what does that really mean, cheeky? It means there's a hole in the side of your jeans and they see your butt cheek. <laughs> now that's cheeky. I know what I'm going to get deed for Christmas next year. Too late. Um, all right. So okay. So that obviously, I hope that's not what it means. He's being cheeky in that answer. He was. Yeah. No. I, I got it. I got it. Totally. <laughs> so you're not being cute here when you say that. 
Google uh, is for your head. Facebook is really about your heart. You're being deadly serious right now. Yes. Yes. And and so, like, the the first thing I ever bought from Facebook was an album. I saw an ad. It said, if you like Pink Floyd, Porcupine Tree, or Nine Inch Nails, you'll like this. And I got this heart reaction because I love Pink Floyd and Porcupine Tree. And I go click, and this guy's making it. He's an independent artist. He's making an album. Um, and he's, he's telling the story on his Facebook page and through his autoresponder as he gets each track done and he's giving you samples. And I bought his first album. It was like a year, two years ago. And I bought his second album last month. You mean okay. on Facebook or on Google? On Facebook. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. It was on Facebook. Now you can't. You'd have a hard time ever getting that to work on Google at all. But mm-hmm. on Facebook, if if my profile says that I like Porcupine Tree, somebody can advertise to me very easily. And this guy said, "Well, if he likes those guys, they'll also like this," and he was right. By the, um, by the way, 70,000 people in the United States like Porcupine Tree on Facebook. I was going to ask, what, how, you know, how small a group makes sense to target? What do you think, Tom? Uh, I've targeted, I mean, they stopped letting you target down at, uh, down around a couple of hundred because they're afraid you might be advertising to one person. Uh, I love to get about 300,000 people in my target before I run an ad because I don't have a lot of time to do lots of little targets. The, the, but our, remember, our, politicians, our politician running for, running for mayor was targeting down into the hundreds. Uh-huh. By the way, I didn't even hit the punchline of that story. Uh, the mayor, it was a $156 million budget that they're managing. It's not a small thing. Uh, they spent on their Facebook ads less than $3,000. Huh. They won by a few hundred votes. How much do you want to bet that was the best money they ever spent yeah, exactly. on advertising? Uh, so, by the way, so I'm just, I'm just doing, I'm just sort of demonstrating the live real-time data I also get back from Facebook. If I target Pink Floyd, I got 4.6 million. Wow. So that ad that Perry saw, probably because of the popularity of Pink Floyd, and if they targeted them, was hitting a large audience where if you like Pink Floyd, you're going to love this album. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to guess he got the best ROI in the Porcupine Tree fans, though, because it's a smaller group and it's it's more pronounced. It stands out more. Uh, oh, and that's yeah, much very higher click-through rate and conversion rate with that smaller group. Yep. Yep. So... Yeah, yeah. So, 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 but, but it was something that I have an emotional response to, and it's a form of escape. So, if your business sells a form of escape, Facebook is really important. Um, if your if your business sells brake pads, you're not selling escape, and you know Facebook probably isn't going to be that big of a deal for you. Uh-huh. So, in in the copywriting, by the way, because I just rewrote, I rewrote some. Land, a landing page that Perry had on his website uh, that was uh, a little bit more tough because Perry writes, you know, when he teaches on copyrights, he writes in all sorts of tones. But when I moved the landing page to Facebook, I originally left the tough tone in, and then I softened it uh, to be a little because of who I was targeting uh, was uh, people who are multi-level marketers. So I made it a much more friendly uh, ad for those people I was targeting, and I doubled my conversion rate uh, on Facebook by trying to match a little bit more the psyche of of somebody who's in multi-level marketing who happens to be on Facebook right now Hmm. and trying to reach a tone that was a little bit more uh, friendly or cheering than what you might use when, because when you're running, driving someone to a landing page from Google, you might have put together a combination of keywords that, that where you could literally drive people to a certain type of tone and know you're going to have success, and you're not going to get that sort of thing on Facebook. So you're almost, 
Although we do, although our ads often appeal uh, on both the um, positive and negative tone, and we go all over the place with tone for ads. On the landing page, you're better to try to resonate with somebody's heart on Facebook or their true anger, right? So you you could write a lush, uh, you know, you could write a Rush Limbaugh style rant on Facebook and have it work well if you were targeting uh, people who you identified as being in the Tea Party. Right. Right. No, no, this is this is actually good, and you know what? Too for for timing purposes, um, I want to um, I want to actually recommend that people pick up your books, which I'll ask you. We'll ask you guys at the end, like what which of your books do you recommend they read first if people want to go much deeper on all of these topics? Because I know you cover uh, a lot of the uh, the psychology and, and and the writing. Plus, we're always interviewing. Uh, really brilliant uh, copywriters and marketers, including our good friend John Carlton. If people have not listened to the uh, the, the interview with with Carlton on I Love Marketing about oh you know copywriting and that sort of stuff, then listen to him because we've got some great ones on here with Dan Kennedy and you know peeps like that. Um, now, what is the number one thing that nobody really gets about Facebook yet that you guys can deliver the answer to? It's it's something that we call right angle targeting. So so let me tell you a story. And Joe, maybe you know this story. There's this guy named Bob who was in Planet Dan for a while, and he had a Filipino mail order bride service, mm-hmm. and that that was aimed at Christian men. I remember that guy. And and uh, and so he comes to Dan, and Dan goes so. Do your customers have any unusual things in common or certain professions or certain hobbies or anything? And he's like, well, I don't know. Let me go look. So he digs through his files and he comes back. He goes, dang, I'm glad you asked me that because 40% of our customers are truck drivers. Really? And like, dang, we never realized this. Well, they they had been advertising in places like... Um, USA Today. So now what do they do? Well, it's kind of obvious. Um, you, you you put a bunch of flyers between the cigarette machine and the condom machine by the men's bathroom at the truck stop, right? And all of a sudden, he can target those kind of people really precisely uh, and ch- much cheaper than USA Today. Um, and it worked, okay? Well, so here's the thing. Everybody's customers, whoever you are, your customers have some things in common that you never expected or looked for. Yeah, really. It's always true. Um, and, 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 and so, you know, it's sort of like dogs that are born with the body of a pit bull also, for some reason, seem to have the personality of a pit bull. It's like somehow those two things are linked together. You can't separate them. It's, it's the same thing with people. Um, I, did, um, I did a seminar um, a couple years ago in Maui, Hawaii. It was this high-end seminar. And I said, I want you to raise your hand if you're brown belt or above in martial arts. And eight out of 100 people in the audience raises their hand. Now, I could guarantee you there's no way, if you walk down the street, there's no way 8% of the, of the population has brown belts in martial arts or black belts. There's no way. Okay. But in my audience, it's 8%. Why? My audience is super competitive, and they're a little bit zen-like, and, and, and they're, they're very disciplined, and so... Martial arts people are much more likely to like Planet Perry than, um, you know, than, than not. Well, I can use that information if I know it. There's all kinds of ways. I could advertise in martial arts magazines. I could advertise to martial arts guys on Facebook. Tom and I were advertising to people about knitting. Um, there's all these interesting ways you can get people. And I can talk, I can, I can talk to my customers in tough alpha male kind of language because they relate to it. Okay? Well, you wouldn't talk to, you know, if, 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 if you find out through 
through your Facebook fanalytics data that um, that all your customers like fight movies, then you talk to them in fight language. If you find out all your customers' favorite movies are chick flicks, you talk to them in chick language. <laughs> okay, and if this is this is really important. And up till now, what I'm describing was like an advanced PhD level sort of marketing thing. It is not anymore. It is something that every even beginner marketer needs to understand because this is a new wave in what's important for marketers and copywriters to know because your customers are like pit bulls or, or breeding dogs. It's like there's, there's certain traits that are always linked together and you have to, you have to recognize that because you sell to the whole person, not just the little bitty pieces of the person. And, and this is so powerful, and we're finding these new ways to get customers, and it's really surprising and unexpected. So we call that right-angle targeting. Why? Because truck drivers doesn't have anything obviously to do with mail-order brides, but if you stop and think of it, well, they're on the road all day. They probably don't have really great social skills. You know, truck isn't exactly conducive to, you know, good staying at home and having good relationships so these guys have kind of chronic relationship problems of course it makes sense that they would be interested in this but it's only obvious in hindsight and facebook is a place where you can figure that out easy instead of hard right yeah that that's huge i mean that's 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 such a huge huge um Thing to get and understand now. Well, for for timing purposes, because we've only got a few minutes left, if we're going to stick at our typical one hour, I love marketing episode, but we might go a tad, a couple minutes over because I've got a couple other things I want to ask you guys, and, I'm, and Dean may also. So, how do you use Google and Facebook together in synergy? Okay, so the way you use them together is you use right angle targeting um, to find out what. So you, you, let's say you're buying Google traffic and you're getting people and they're coming and opting in. You can, you can add Facebook handshake buttons to your opt-in and have them opt-in that way instead. You can feed the data into a fanalytics database and you can find out, oh, I've got this disproportionate number of Rush Limbaugh fans in my audience, even though what I sell doesn't have anything to do with politics or you know whatever it might be. And now what you do is you take that information and you add, you add it a little bit to your opt-in pages and your message, and it makes your opt-in rates go up and it makes your cost per acquisition go down. So like we did this with an astronomy website. We figured out that people, people who were at this astronomy website um, liked the books 1984 by George Orwell and Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. We added one line of text to the landing page and the opt-in rate went up 10%, even though we didn't change anything about where our ads were showing or who we were showing them to. And you wow, would have pretty... never figured this out any other way. Yeah. And, and so now I could write a blog post about George Orwell in 1984 and how much of it's come true, and a whole bunch of people in my audience, will, they'll be sitting there nodding their head going, yes, yes, boy, this guy speaks my language. And you can develop this almost psychic connection with people that you never even met. Um, and, and so... And, and so then the, you can you can buy you, you can feed this back into the Google Ads, and then you, and then you also have all these ideas of where to get traffic from Facebook, and so it's kind of this loop that you do. Wow. So, um, well, uh, what are some s simple Facebook things that every business owner should do? So, as we uh, kind of wrap up our really awesome I Love Marketing episode on this topic. Um, what are some things that everyone that's listening uh, would be well served to do? Well, I just want to underscore what Tom said, that, that if you're acquiring Facebook fans, you need to advertise to them and spend your $1 or $2 a day 
um, getting your stuff out there. Um, you know, if you're having an event, that's a really nice way to nudge people. This event's coming up. This event's coming up. This event's coming up. And it could be a big event or it could just be something small like a teleseminar. But you will get more people and you get this extra bit of traction. It's not very hard to set up. Gotcha. And you guys obviously, uh, Dean, is there any other questions that you have for these guys? Because um, I'm going to recommend that people actually pick up their books and start reading about this because there's, you know, we just opened up a new world for so many of our I Love Marketing That's listeners. what I was just going to say. Is I think it would probably be a good idea to give people an idea of what, what to do first. Like what's the first step, how to how to really get started. Well, we've we've changed our, at least I've changed even the last few months, my definition of a first step. Uh, because uh-huh. I'm a software guy, so I've now built software to support this idea that, that I'm working with with Perry Marshall. And if you have a mailing list, if you have an existing mailing list and you've acquired you know, 5, 10, 20,000 people or more on it, right now we've set up uh, through, through our uh, software product we call Fanalytics, you could mail to that list right now today a message, something that was compelling or interesting to them where you're, you're going to get them to click. And by this time tomorrow, I can tell you that audience's favorite musicians, what local businesses they like, what public figures they follow, what companies they're interested in, what websites they visit, what movies they like, what books they read, what TV shows they watch, what are their fundamental interests. Huh. I can I can tell you this tomorrow. I can tell you right now that, you know, because... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Perry mentioned uh, Rush Limbaugh. That that's a that's a very strong appeal to 5.2 percent of the of his audience. You can know this type of information this fast about. And so before you go guessing and even trying to figure out how to target, if you've got an existing mailing list and you want to just go after them and figure out what your existing customers already know, I would do that first. Uh-huh. Go out, leverage tools like we've built called Fanalytics, and within 24 hours have a much deeper insight. Than, I mean, I don't know what you would have to pay for this level of insight in the past. You know, you'd be hiring teams of market researchers, and they'd be spending months trying to figure it out. And right now, you can know it in 24 hours by leveraging Facebook. Yeah, right on. So, that's fantastic. Um, yep, see, I should have started Facebook a long time ago. What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> right, when you, one when you had the missed, idea, I mean, you had the one idea. More, yeah, one more missed opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> And I met Mark Zuckerberg uh, uh, at All Things Digital a few years ago, and uh, yeah, look at look at what it's become. And they're expected to reach one billion users in the next quarter. Is that right? That's what I was wondering when they're going to get there. Their users are on, on average, 24 minutes a day. And I like to point out, it, we're getting up to, I forget how many ad impressions opportunities. It's like, you know, 18 trillion. It's like 18 times the number of stars in our galaxies. That's how many ads they're going to show this year alone. So that's why impressions are really very reasonable on Facebook. If you know how to write well and how to target well, you can really leverage the fact that Facebook has created this whole new industry for uh, a whole new marketplace for ad impressions, and they're very, very reasonable. Okay. Well, well you know, uh, what's what's pretty astounding about all of this uh, is that it is still the marketers that keep everything afloat, because if it wasn't for advertising <laughs> and all the commerce and all the capitalism, none of these free services like Google and Facebook and all this other stuff would even exist, because that's what fuels it all. And uh, that's why marketers are awesome and my favorite people on the entire planet, mm-hmm. of course uh you know and I'm, I'm a big i'm a big proponent for of course ethical marketers that uh deliver immense value and, and and move messages in the world because that's what that's what makes it happen so guys what are the best websites for you best books you recommend that our i love marketing listeners that are totally engaged in this uh read first so that it gives them the biggest advantage of uh, success with what we've talked about, and uh, you know, I can talk to you guys for a week on all kinds of different topics, and we may do a future interview, which would be good, depending on the feedback from all of our listeners. But where, uh, what do you recommend they, if they want more from you guys, where do they go? Uh, there's a free evaluation, takes 60 seconds. Is fb4me.com, just all spelled out, and we have a book, 
And it's on Amazon and in the bookstores. It's called The Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising by Perry Marshall and Tom Malash. And for less than 25 bucks, you get a really thorough uh, explanation of how to use all of this and, and do it right and and save your money from doing it wrong because you can blow a lot of money doing it wrong. Yeah, totally. Uh, great stuff. Dean, anything uh, anything else you'd like to ask? I'm excited to see what our uh, what our listeners are going to do with this. I think we could get a really great comment stream going under this episode and start talking about some of the things that people are experimenting with. So um, I really appreciate you guys coming and, and sharing all this with us. I appreciate yeah, you I, having us. It's you know Joe's like super famous in the marketing world, and uh, you know everybody knows who he is. And you know Joe, you don't. Uh, risk your reputation easily, so I'm really honored to be on your show and you know, appreciate you uh, fanning the flames of people who love marketing because you're right, it's the marketers that keep the boats afloat. So, you know, viva la marketers. <laughs> yes, yes. No, and thank you, Perry. I mean, we've, you know, it's so funny. We've talked about doing a, an interview for the longest time because we've known each other, you know, for a long time, and uh, we finally did it. So I'm very we happy about it. it. I really appreciate you, you guys sharing your knowledge and your insight. This was really, really good stuff. And I'd like all of our listeners to uh, comment on what you thought of this and uh, use what Perry and Tom talked about today and go out there and do good stuff in the world. So thank you guys. And uh, Dean Jackson, uh, the, the longer we do these, the more I cease to like you. But uh, I still, I still, I'm, totally, I'm totally kidding. I love Dean. He's, he's a gem of a human being, and uh, he never says anything bad about other people. And so I have to take that role for him. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank have you. a great day. Thank you, thank you. Yes, I love technology, but not as much as you, you think. But I still love technology, always and forever. <laughs>